Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for July 23rd, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Faith and Patience, The Wonder Twins. This is part 65 of the series. 65, that's crazy. This is 13 full weeks of teaching so far in this series. The title of today's message is simple, taking God at his word. Listen, we are called and commanded to walk and live by faith, but you will never maximize something you do not understand. And so for you to walk and live by faith effectively, you got to understand how to do it. And that's what we're going to talk about today as it relates to taking God at his word. We're going to see that Joseph and his brothers made a mistake. I think it's a mistake and it's a mistake that a lot of people make when they're addressing God. So let's talk about it. Um, James 1, 2 through 4, foundational scripture, the Bible says, my fellow believers, when it seems like you are facing nothing but difficulties, you know what? You should see it as an opportunity, an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can because joy is not contingent upon circumstances. Happiness is contingent upon happenings, but joy is the fruit of the spirit. So you can have the greatest joy that you can no matter what is going on. And then you know that what's happening is that the testing of your faith is actually developing inside of you the power to endure all things. And then when this patient endurance grows inside of you, stronger, 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 it releases perfection or maturity into every area, every aspect of your life to the point where there's nothing missing and nothing lacking, nothing broken. And that's what we want to get to. We want to be grown ups, right? We want to live on meat and not on milk so that we can stand having done all to stand. And when it doesn't feel like we can do it, do it anymore, the power of God, the grace of God is on us to stand some more. That's how we're supposed to live. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says that there's, the, there's a time, there's a season for everything in the earth. And guess what? Things are going to happen in your life. When? At just the right time. And then today I'm going to cover Genesis 46 verses 31, well, 46 and 31 all the way to 47 and verse 6. So that's a lot to cover. Let me summarize for it. For you, I'm going to set the stage and then I'm going to give you a bunch of uh, points. So let's get into it now. Let me set the stage for you. Like I said, share this message. Uh, here we go. Setting the stage. So remember yesterday we dealt with um, Jacob and, and the family coming back and, and, you know, there's 70 of them. They're going to, they're leaving Canaan and they're going into Egypt. So they're going there. They get there now. So now they've arrived. And so, you know, there's a reunion and all of that. And um, Joseph had came and addressed the family. He said, listen, I must go and tell the king now that you guys have arrived from Canaan. Now, this is what he said. He says, I'm going to tell them that you guys are shepherds um, and that you brought all your sheep and your goats and your cattle and everything else that you own. Now, when I read that, I'm like, man, that's sad. First of all, remember, Joseph told them not to bring anything which they didn't listen, they brought it. 
So he said, listen, you don't need to bring anything. Everything that you need is going to be provided for you right here. And then the king even said it too. So Joseph said it. The king said it. You don't have to bring anything. When you guys go, just go get your father, get your families, come back. Everything is going to already be provided. And when they came, they brought their stuff. What does that mean? That means that they didn't trust it. They didn't believe what Joseph said. They didn't believe what the king said. Faith is all about confidence. They had no confidence. They was like, I don't know these people like that. So let's just take our stuff. Why? They didn't exercise confidence. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of people do God like that. And I'm going to talk about that in this message today. So Joseph went on to say, now listen, the king is going to ask you what you do for a living. Come here, come here. What's up? All right. So the king is going to ask you what you do for a living. Now, when he does, this is what I need you to say. I need you to say, we are shepherds. Our families have always raised sheep. Now, if you tell him this, then he's going to let you settle in the land of Goshen. That's also messed up, right? Why? Because Joseph already said they were going to live in Goshen. And the king already said, you can have whatever you want. You're going to have the best of everything. So what were they doing? Let me explain to you what was going on. So the Egyptians had nothing to do with anybody that dealt with animals like that, with sheep and that type of thing. So since the Egyptians, especially not a king, Pharaoh, would have anything to do with those type of people, here's the logic. The logic was, hey, if you tell them that we brought all these sheep and that you guys are shepherds and that you've been shepherds all your life, they, number one, he's not going to want to be around you, so he's going to push you out there to Goshen. And then number two, he's going to have to push you to Goshen because Goshen is the place with all the grass in the middle of a famine. And so the sheep need grass, so let's go ahead and do that. What was he doing? He was coming up with a plan. He was concocting a plan to try to get the king to do what the king already said that he was going to do. So listen, then he says, listen, further, when the, uh, uh, another thing that Joseph said, he said, listen, um, I want you to get there and I want you to try to, you know, if you do this, then the king is going to say that you guys can live near me in Goshen. He had already said that. If you go back to Genesis 45 and 10, Joseph said out of his own mouth, you guys are going to live near me in Goshen. Obviously, he didn't believe what he said. Matter of fact, and the king said in Genesis 45, 17 and 18, I'm going to give them the best land. When your family comes, I'm going to give them the best of everything. They can eat whatever they want. They can have whatever grows on the land, everything. The king already said it. Joseph already said it. And so Joseph didn't believe what he said. Joseph didn't believe what the king said. So you're like, well, Rick, what does this have to do with us? I'm going to get there. And it has a lot to do with us. So Joseph took his brothers to the king and he says to the king, hey, sir, my brothers have come from Canaan and they have brought their sheep and their cattle and their goats and everything they own. And they are already in the land of Goshen, <laughs> right? So he was like, I want you to know that we have, uh, they're already kind of like pre-positioned in Goshen. Please don't make the move. They're already in Goshen. This is just shady. This is terrible. So then the king says, just like Joseph said, hey, guys, what do you do for a living? And they said, oh, okay. So they, they uh, sir, we are shepherds and our family families have always raised sheep. But in our country, the pastures dried up. And so now, obviously, there was no grass to eat. Uh, but now we're here and we're your servants. Please, can you please let us live in the land of Goshen? The brothers were begging the king to do what he already said that he was going to do. Now, this is terrible, and I'm going to tie this to God here in a minute, uh, but, and the king could have easily got upset, but thankfully he didn't. He was a king, so he operated in a kingly manner, 
And he just said to Joseph, hey, look, it's good that your father's here. It's good that your brothers have, have arrived. I don't care. They can live wherever they want. I, they can live anywhere in the land of Egypt. I suggest, though, that they settle in Goshen because that's the best land. Matter of fact, since they're shepherds, I'm going to recommend that they not only look after their own sheep, but you know, I own a lot of sheep too. I have goats. So let them look after my sheep and after my goats. And that way I could pay them for that too. Right? So the king was operating as a king, even though these guys were like coming up with some type of scheme and all that kind of stuff. So what does this mean to you today? You're like, Rick, okay, cool. Hey, Rick, this is all well and good. I like this story and everything, but I got a lot of stuff to do today. Talk to me. I was like, all right, fine. I'm about to give you eight things real quick eight things that are going to bless you. So I want you to rid yourself of all distractions, lock in. Let me give you eight things. Here we go. Number one, our God is a king. Like the king in the text, Pharaoh, King Jehovah, the Bible says he has made us many great and precious promises. So when God speaks to us by his word or through his spirit, and God gives us a promise, he's telling us what we can have. Our, our job is to believe what God has already declared. When we have confidence in what God said, and when we, we live our lives in accordance with our knowledge of what God has declared over our lives, that's called faith. But it's not faith when we attempt to convince God to give us what he already said he was going to give us. That's not faith at all. We're not here to try to convince God to give us what he already promised. I believe God gets offended right? I mean, because God is a father. Now, listen, I'm a father. There are parents on this call. Now, think about it. What if your kids, what if you promise to give your kids something and then they come to you begging you to give them what you already said you were going to give them? Or what if the kids got together and they, and, and they, they concoct some type of scheme? Hey, mom and dad said we're going to have this, but we don't really believe them. So let's get together and try to Go talk to mom and dad and convince mom and dad to give us what they already said. As a parent, how would that make you feel? That means that your kids don't believe you. Your kids don't have any confidence in your words. Like your kids just don't take you at your word. And that's terrible. Listen, God, God is not offended when you take him at his word. I, I believe God is like, bam, finally, I have a son. I have a daughter who believes me. Living by faith means that I believe God and I take God at his word. And no, I'm not going to come to him trying to convince him to give me something he already said he was going to give me. I'm not going to try to come devise a plan to try to, hey, God, or beg God. Listen, if God already said said it, then that's all is done. I know that is going to happen. I don't need to God. I don't need to try to convince God to give me something he already promised to give me. Number two, you don't have to convince God to do what he already declared. Your job is to believe what he said. I shared with you the other day that our job is simply to believe. So you are a believer, not a doubter. You're called to live by faith and not by fear. So your job is to believe what God said. End of story. You, you're not trying to convince God. You're, tr you're trying to believe God. Number three, faith is not about you convincing God. God, please. God, can you do this? God, can you do that? Oh, watch this. Let me say this. Not even you trying to like, like build a case before God. God, let me come to you like a lawyer. Hold on for a minute, God. Uh, you said in your word right here. 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 Like you got to, listen, you don't have to convince him. He knows what he said. 
He, he knows what he said. Faith is not about you trying to convince God. Faith is what happens when God convinces you. Faith is what when, when you are fully persuaded. When you are persuaded, you're not trying to persuade God. You are persuaded of God. Now, I, living by faith is no, God has convinced me that this thing is mine. Now, God has convinced me that it's already done. God has convinced me that he called me to do this thing from the foundations of the world. I am convinced of God. I am persuaded of God. That's how we're supposed to live. Number four, Faith is not about you trying to get God to give you something or trying to get God to decide to give you something. Faith is about discovering what God already decided from the foundations of the world. So you're not trying to get him to decide. You're trying to discover what he already decided. And so when you discover what he already decided, then you know that it's already done. And why? Because God, number five, is literally incapable of lying. God can't lie. God, if God said it, that's it. He cannot lie. If he said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he will make it good. That's numbers 23 and 19. Watch this. And in that same thing, numbers 23 and 19, number six, we learned this, that God is not going to change his mind. Like, like this is, here's the problem. Joseph came with his brothers and they were trying to convince the king. Although the king already said they can have Goshen, they were trying to convince the king just to make sure that the king doesn't change his mind. You know why the king could change his mind? Because the king is a man. But Numbers 23 and 19 says God is not a man. So God is not a man that he should lie. The king could say something and then say, nope, I don't feel like doing it. Or he could just straight up lie. Why? Because he's a man. The Bible says God is not a man. That he's not a man. He's not going to lie. He's incapable of lying. God cannot lie. So if God said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he will make it good. Every time he's going to make sure that whatever he said shall come to pass. God is never going to say, well, yeah, I promised it, but you know what? I don't feel like doing it today. I changed my mind. Yeah, my bad. I know that I know that for five years you've been believing me for this. And I know that I told you very clearly. I spoke to you and I said I was going to do it. But you know what? I don't feel like doing it no more. What? That's not God at all. If God said it, that settles it. To live by faith, you have to be convinced of God. You have to be fully persuaded what God said. Number seven, if you discover something that God wants to do in your life and you, you are clear that this is a promise from God, that this is God is going to do it for you or God is going to do it through you. This is it. This is the word of the Lord for you and your household and your family. Then listen, I understand you may question when it happens and that's what this series is about. But you should not question that it's going to happen, right? You may struggle with the timing of it, which is why I've been teaching on faith and patience and it does take patience because you won't know when unless God tells you when. So you could struggle with the timing of it, but you should not struggle with the promise. If God said it, that's it. That settles it. If God said it, as far as he's concerned, it's already done. You can question, God, when is it going to happen? But you should never question the fact that it is going to happen. If God spoke it over your life, listen, come hell or high water, it's going to happen. God spoke it. God, If God revealed it some, something to you, let me just say this. Let's say, for example, that this is the span of your life, right? And let's say you're right here within the span of your life. When God looks at you, he looks at your whole life. And you're right here, right? Thankfully, there's more on this side than on this side. But let's say you're right here and you're going to die over here. When God reveals something to you, he grabs something from over here, from your future, and he reveals it to you in your present to encourage you, right? So now, if you believe what he revealed about your future, now, as far as God is concerned, he sees the whole thing. So as far as God is concerned, the whole thing is past tense to him. It's already done to him. 
Now, since you're here and he revealed it from over here, for you is future. So it's future to you, but it's past to God. God has already been to your future, right? So for him to reveal something, he has to reveal something that's really there. So if he gives you revelation, meaning that he's revealing something to you, like for example, a magician. If a magician pulls back the curtain, the, he's pulling back the curtain to reveal what's behind the curtain. He can only reveal something that's really there, right? So if this is your life and you're right here and gra God grabs something from over here, he's revealing, he can only reveal something that actually is there. Something that actually from where he's concerned already happened. So you should not question that is, it's already happened. Now you're going to question when it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to manifest in your life. It might be a week. It might be five days. It might be five years. It might be five months. I don't know. You don't know unless God tells you. But the fact that it's going to happen, you should not question that. Faith and patience, this series is about believing, being fully persuaded that God said it. it as far as God is concerned, it's already done. So your job is to walk it out and your job is to receive what God has already provided. Number eight, as I close, if God promised you something, like I said, as far as he's concerned, it's done. It's past tense. Everything God sees in that span to him, it's already done. It's past tense. So you should never beg God to give you something he already revealed that he's going to give you. Stop begging. What, why, what are you begging for? Oh, God, please. God, please, please, please. Please, can you do this? Please, stop. Whoa. Do you want your kids to come to you like that? Do you want, would you want your kids to beg you for something you already promised them? That's ridiculous. No. God wants you to come in faith, being fully persuaded. Yes, Lord, you said, thank you, Father. I know that this is your will. Matter of fact, I declare it. I declare that it's already done. I declare that this business is prospering. I declare that this house is sold. I declare that this, you know, whatever it is. And Father, I agree. Now, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm willing to do whatever you need me to do. I will, I will make an alignment with the assignment. I will do it. If you need me to make a phone call, I make a phone call. If you need me to fill out a resume, I'll fill out the resume. You need me to go to a meeting, I'll go to a meeting. If you need me to, to send an email, I send the email. I will do whatever you need me to do. I, it's, faith is something I say. Faith is something I do. Faith is a seed that I sow based on what you revealed to me about my future. I'm not begging you for it. I'm coming in alignment. I'm not begging you for it. I agree. My faith says yes to, to what you reveal. Now, I know you already gave it to me by grace. It's free and unearned, unmerited, undeserved. And faith receives. Faith lays hold of what God has already provided. And so, Father, by faith, I'm laying hold of what you've already provided. Now, it may not happen for a year, five years, or 10 years, but I believe it's already done. And it's only a matter of time before I see in my hands what you already revealed in my heart. And so, by faith, I'm laying hold of what you already provided by grace. This is how we are supposed to live. This is the life of faith. Please don't, don't question God, beg God, plead with God. You don't have to come up with no schemes or try to trick God or convince God. Stop. Your job is to discover what God already decided. As I close, your destiny is not about... your You can't decide your destiny. God already decided before the world began. So your job is to discover what God already decided. Your job is to find it, follow it, and finish it before you die. Your job is to discover it, to develop into it, and then to deploy into your destiny. And then do it before you die. So your job is discovering what God has already provided. And then your heart says yes to what God already said. So you're not trying to convince God. 
you get convinced of God and the church said, amen. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I'm a believer, not a doubter. I walk and live by faith and not doubt or fear. You are my king. You are my Lord. <laughs> you are my God. And I trust you to be a God of your word. I refuse to come up with schemes to attempt to convince you to do what you already promised. I simply stand on your word in faith and I trust that you will make your word good in my life. This is why I keep saying greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Click on the subscribe button and put it in your email address there. Now, listen, let me say this. This is, this is almost like a faith refresher today. Like, like, like this is something that you needed to maybe hear and then hear again and share this message. I mean, this is something that people need to hear that we don't need to beg God to give us what he already said. I mean, that's that. No, no. Faith receives what God has already provided. Leave me some comments in the chat on YouTube Live or Facebook Live. I love you. God loves you more. Go into this day. Have an amazing day. Share this on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends, and I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.